The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Unpaid internships. They're commonplace in the early stages of working life. Some would say they are a necessity for getting a gig. Some would others say others would say they are effectively indentured servitude. According to the Workplace Relations Commission, apart from the employment of close family relatives and the engagement of registered industrial apprentices, there is no exemption in law from the obligation to pay the national minimum hourly rate of pay. In other words, if you've got an unpaid uh, apprentice or rather intern to whom you are not related, then you're breaking the law. To discuss this selective blind spot of many businesses in Ireland, I'm joined by the managing director of the HR Suite and HR employment law expert, Caroline Reedy. Caroline, good morning. Good morning, Anton. Commonplace, aren't they? Yeah, and I suppose the morning that's in it with 60,000 students getting the Leave Insert results, many of those will have done already um, work experience, summer jobs, paid internships, unpaid internships, or will be thinking college isn't for me. And actually, I'd love to get some experience in a career that I might actually like to get into without having to go through the typical uh, college route, which is a very big possibility. But as to whether they're paid or not, um, that's not as grey. And I suppose the main thing is if the person is doing an actual job, they deserve to get paid the minimum wage for it. And there's lots of people who do co-op placements, for example, as part of college and other types of work. And all of those should be paid. Now, the thing is, though, some uh, may advise people in that position that, look, if you go asking for pay, the internship will disappear. If you arrive and say, I will work for free and for nothing just to get the experience, you're much more likely to get in the door and get something on the CV. And I think there's a difference between, uh, and a good example, I think, is somebody who wants to become a baker, for example, or, you know, it's a skill and it's a trade. And they go to somebody and say, listen, I haven't any skills, I have no knowledge, I have no experience. I'd like to shadow you here for the next four weeks to learn if this is something I might like or just to explore the possibility. That's not doing a job. They're not adding the same value as another person would because they're there to shadow and genuinely get experience. Both parties get their um, terms and conditions that say we're signing up to this being an unpaid period of time. But the other normal rules of you know, they need to get time off, they need to get breaks, etc. has to be maintained. But ultimately... But are you legally allowed to engage somebody and allow them to be in your business eight hours a day without giving them minimum wage? You are if they're doing something like that, which is a structured training as part of, like, for example, their course or it's a specific requirement that they need to do. Another example of that is transition year students. You know, a lot of those will need to get their four weeks work experience. And we all know that at transition stage, they very much are shadowing. But ultimately, that is an unpaid experience because they're going into to see, would I like to be, um, you know, a GP? Would I like to be a vet? Would I like to be a solicitor? But they're obviously not adding value the same as an employee. But if somebody, if there's ambiguity, that's where it really becomes a problem. And we've seen scenarios where the employee thinks they're eventually going to get paid, except that doesn't actually happen. And that's where the the real issue occurs. Do they not always think that? I mean, even if you go in on an unpaid internship or shadowing or whatever you want to uh, call it, does the person not always think, I will so demonstrate my worth that they'll bung me a few quid at the end of this anyway? 
I think that's, I suppose, the hope. But as we say, good old psychic communication doesn't work where I presume you think you're going to pay me and you actually don't have any intention of it. And that's why we've really good employment law rights in Ireland where the ambiguity should be removed by that fabulous uh, contract of employment at the start. And even though it's an unpaid internship, that avoids any of the misconception because we're both, it's black and white, we both know what we're signing up to. And also the employee knows they've got to play by the rules of engagement as well then. You know, they've got to treat everybody respectfully. They've got to mind their own safety, all those kind of things. So I think we've got way better at appreciating the importance of everybody who comes into the employer's business. It's the employer's responsibility to be clear on what are the rules of engagement. And I also think, you know, for a lot of summer students, using them as the example, and a lot of people, as I say, who are now leaving cert students, coming get the results today and decide, actually, I actually want to get experience testing and trialling some other trades Make sure there's clarity going into it as to what are the terms of engagement. But I know like for many people, they do go into it. And I've had lots of people in my own business over the years and they'd come to me and say, listen, please give me a month and I promise you, you'll want to take me on after the month. And I've had huge successes by taking a chance on somebody because if someone is that passionate I'd always make sure they get paid because obviously I'm in the best practice zone that I absolutely value their However, time. However, though, you talk about the psychic communication not working. If somebody arrives in and says, please give me a month and I promise I will prove my worth that you will want to keep me. Implicit in that is that they assume this is a probationary period and it's actually a job. Absolutely, completely agree with you. Hence why that ambiguity needs to be removed. So I think for many, it's that you're 100% right. They're going in with that concept of, sure, I'm now working the same as Anton and my work is the same value. We're both having the same output, but he's actually getting paid and and I'm not. So once it no longer is, I'm in shadowing you and I'm learning the skill, it's a completely different ballgame. But also, I suppose, ultimately, the concept is if somebody's doing real work, then it needs to be paid. And, you know, a lot of places as well kind of do the trial shifts, you know, this concept of, well, you need to do X many trial shifts to see if I think you're good enough or not. Again, that ambiguity causes huge amount of problems. And it's not even for the person. It might be for the person's parents who say, how do you mean you didn't get paid? I had to take you into the place and I had to collect you and, you know, but again, I think this is something that many of your listeners will be saying, hang on a second, this happened to me or this has happened to my sister or my son or whatever, because there is a lot of ambiguity and the ambiguity, in fairness, mightn't be bad intended, but it definitely is there. There's also a lot of economic unfairness in it, because if you're from a wealthy family and your folks can bankroll you and you can live at home, you can afford to do a couple of months of unpaid internship and get the CV built up. If you're in a position where you have to pay your own rent and you have to pay your own bills, it's an impossibility to go to an employer and say, look, I'll come and give you free labour. How do I manage to, to pay my own rent then? Yeah, I would agree, Anton. I think there's, without doubt, very few people can afford that. But equally, I suppose we're very lucky that a many college course or many apprenticeship or many, you know, of those programs now that people have options in doing, have them built in. And I know I've had two interns from the University of Limerick. They've just finished their nine month placement with us. But the colleges are very structured as well in terms of saying, OK, you're, you're going to get these two interns, which are a hugely valuable 
asset to my business and the future of the HR professionals that we home grow as well. And for me, there's no ambiguity. The college make it clear what the parameters are, etc. So those programmes that are structured, I think there's less ambiguity. It's where somebody says, listen, I'd like to learn to be a baker. Any chance you'd show me? And it's fine for the first couple of weeks where they're genuinely showing you. But then when it no longer comes from work shadowing to actually, as I say, we're both doing the same job. The difference is you're getting paid. That's where it becomes totally inequitable. It must, though, be invaluable for the person going through an internship, particularly at college level, because when you emerge at the end of a college course, you are one of quite a lot of people who are arriving with his likely to be identical CVs. And if you're the one who can say, I have a referee, I have a bit of a network, I have some experience in the area, that must carry some cachet. Massive, absolutely massive weight because I've been doing the internship programme in my business for all the years, you know, and they would all say, oh my God, we got such good experience and they've all gone on to be amazing. Many of them have stayed, etc. But the difference between getting really good experience, that's real life valuable experience and you're not just sitting in a corner shredding, you know, for the period of time, which I would say those companies shouldn't take an intern because that's not giving them the experience and you're not getting the value from their knowledge and skill because we learn as much from them around the new AI technology and the new faster way of doing something and all that kind of stuff. So for me, the internships are brilliant if both parties go into it with a good intent. Very difficult to know whether you're being offered a useful internship or uh, two months of shredding. A text saying, remember Jobbridge, government free labour scheme that I think many large firms use with no shame. That was one. I know a lot of people who changed industry through Jobbridge and have done very well um, subsequently. But likewise at the time, there were a lot of people who were used as, as free mass labour. So how do you know whether you're getting a good offer or a bad offer? I suppose it's nearly the same as anything. The art of asking the right questions and having the conversation to say, listen, I'm interested, but can you give me an idea of what you think I'll be doing? And, you know, have a quick, even if it's only 10 minutes, you can glean an awful lot in the 10 minutes. And you can also get a sense of, is this for me? And chat to other people who work there. What's it like? That kind of stuff. The same as you would if you're thinking about getting a summer job. Again, you'll have many of your listeners, the 60,000 getting their leave and start results today, who've done a summer job. Many of them will say, oh my God, it was amazing. I got really well looked after. And many of them will say, that has really encouraged me to make sure that I don't end up having to go back and do something like that again. So it's, I suppose, we're always trying to raise the bar about the treatment of people, particularly in those early stages where the, the nurturing of them makes them help decide, you know, their career route and they're so hard to get at the minute. Text saying, I'm a work placement coordinator in science for a third level university and nearly all private sector placements are paid. Public sector, unfortunately, are hardly ever paid. I assume in part that's probably individual manager flexibility in the public sector. It's hard to give a few quid if it's public sector money. Yeah, but I suppose, again, it's back to what are the terms of engagement to get the co-op placement student or the intern to start with. And again, if the person is getting really good experience and they're actually being shown and they're not being expected to do a job themselves, you can appreciate how that's valuable for them as well. But it's really defining the difference between is that actual real work or is it not? And by the way, I always think it's gas how the family member piece, you know, you can do whatever you want with your family members, like, you know, <laughs> within reason. It's the point around of having kids that. if you can't use yeah, them as free labour. You know. <laughs> do you see trends in industry? Are there particular industries where it is common to have the unpaid shadowing or the unpaid internship? Um, and are there ones where it never happens? 
I think there's careers like I mentioned the bakery, you know, the chefing, you know, those kind of skilled ones where somebody might say, well, look, I'd like to go in and I'd like to see. And I know even in the chefing industry, people, you know, at a very senior level, they do as any stad, it's called, you know, it's part of that experience where they want to go and actually work in another amazing Michelin star restaurant, for example, but they want to, to learn. So again, it's part of that, you know, they're both going into it with the eyes wide open of saying, I'm here to learn. Text saying, look, the reality of life is that you don't get, sorry, is that if you get something free initially, you won't pay for it down the road. So the old adage, don't be afraid to ask your price is very true. Caroline Reedy, Managing Director of the HR Suite and HR Employment Expert. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.